Hello and welcome to episode 173 of Navigating the Modern World. My name is Kimberly Johnson. I am your host. I am so grateful that you are here. It's been a few weeks since I've made a podcast and it feels good to pause and have a moment to kind of reflect upon the weeks and think about a few things that impacted me and then bring them here. So if you haven't listened to this podcast before, really the point of this podcast is just transparency, vulnerability, sharing, and processing life. And I just so happen to do it through a kind of spiritual Buddhist lens. So if something speaks to you, amazing. And if you want to, you know, rate and review this podcast, if it impacted you in any way, that would be amazing. And if, you know, things don't speak to you, that's also okay. So today I want to talk about gratification after. So instant gratification versus kind of like, gratification that is given after a period of time. I heard this quote a while back and the quote is maturity is just learning to like wait for your results. You know, maturity is just waiting for gratification to come not in the exact moment that something is occurring, but to come at a later time. And I've been thinking about that quote <clears throat> One, because I do feel even in myself this deep longing to have gratification now, no matter what it is. It might be with something with work, you know, getting praise, or it might be in a relationship, feeling connection and love, or in, you know, with little things like food, like wanting something to taste good now, you know, just like wanting quick gratification. And I today was just kind of noticing something, you know, one of the best parts about just being curious about life, I think, is just everything becomes part of the lessons, you know, everything is a part of the whole. So my life doesn't feel super disjointed. It feels kind of like, okay, no matter what happens, it's part of it. And that includes like even kind of small, silly things. So today I, my cat, she was, she was up on the counter, which I don't super love. I'm not like crazy about it. I don't yell at them if they get up there, but I do, you know, tell them to get down and I pick them up and put them down. And, um, and I will say to a side note, that, you know, something in Buddhism that I was just reading the other day was like, let the monkey be the monkey. You know, if you let the monkey be the monkey, then you're not agitated. And that's kind of how I feel about cats. Cats jump on stuff. So like, if I'm gonna get agitated every time they dump on jump on stuff, I'm gonna, hopefully they're not dumping on stuff. <laughs> every time they jump on stuff, then I'm gonna be agitated a lot, you know, so <clears throat> there's actually choice and just letting something be as it is. I've talked about this before with children. Like children are kind of annoying and they overreact and, um, you know, they aren't 
super aware of their emotions or their body sensations. Like that's all kind of normal. And with cats, like cats jump on stuff. That's like kind of what they're known for. So they're going to jump on the counter, especially if I keep interesting things to them on the counter. Anyway, so my cat jumped on the counter and I did what I kind of always do. I, I noticed what she was doing. I kind of just like perked up my attention, was paying attention to her and she found a rubber band, which I don't know if anybody has cats listening to this podcast, but cats love like rubber bands. They love hair ties. They, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because they can like put it in their mouth and throw it. Um, but it's pretty cute. Anyway, so she's, she found a rubber band, which also they have like some weird spidey sense. I swear they can find rubber bands when I didn't even know they existed there. Like they have a sense about these types of things. It's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so she's up there. She's beginning to play with the rubber band. And I walk over to her, which is usually what I do when I want them down. A lot of the times I'll talk to them and they'll jump down on their own or I will pick them up and move them. But I, wa- I started began to walk over to her and she automatically turned around and just started walking down the counter and she was walking towards the end of the counter so she could jump off. And I'm just kind of like following her footsteps. <clears throat> and I had grabbed the rubber band because I was going to actually play with her with the rubber band. I'm like, oh, you want to play? Okay. But what she does is she keeps her back turned and she just keeps walking. So she ends up jumping on the ground and then she jumps up on a different table and then to get into the window seal, which is like something also common that she does. But she is so scared of getting in trouble or so scared. Like you can tell it's like she turned her back. She knows, she knows I'm, you know, she thought I just wanted her to get off the counter. She didn't know that I was being observant about what she was doing and then wanting to do that thing with her like play with her so she turns her back she like walks really fast down the counter jumps down jumps back up the table and toward the window seal and I actually went to like go to pet her and she like made this noise that she makes when she's like don't touch me I'm in trouble you know like "Mm," like okay I hear you don't touch me and I just like said hey Brit you know like looked at her Brit Brit you know and I had that rubber band in my hand and the second she saw the rubber band she started coming toward me like, oh, you want to play? And it just got me thinking. It's such a simple thing to witness or be a part of like in my day-to-day life. But what I was really kind of thinking about is like how, one, we turn when things get hard or we think we're in trouble or things, you know, a tough thing presents itself, we usually turn and just kind of run away. And how it's just such the natural tendency. It's like we don't want to get in trouble, you know. We we don't want to, like, feel pain. <clears throat> Excuse me. We don't want to, like, you know, it's just like we don't want to be in discomfort. And so we literally just turn our backs and run away from it. And it could look like a hard conversation that needs to happen at work. It could be a hard conversation that needs to happen in a relationship. It could be, you know, even for me, it's like if I eat too much or something, like I often try to ignore it. Maybe I just like go straight to bed. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Like I just don't want to feel the pain. I don't want to feel the discomfort. Sometimes, you know, when people make their stomachs hurt, they take medicine. They're like, oh, I ate too much. I'm going to take whatever it is, a Tums or, you know, whatever. And it's just interesting because it's like, I just wanted to play with her. 
But in her eyes, she was getting in trouble. So she turned her back and just like ran away. When I was kind of like, hey, I want to play. Like, oh, you want to play with a rubber band? Okay, let's play with a rubber band. And I find it so interesting because I'm curious about how much, how much of our lives do we like turn from the discomfort? Because we don't want the gratification that comes later when you sit with your discomfort or you face the obstacle in front of you. So we just turn our backs. But like, what would it actually, excuse me, what would it actually be like if we like faced, we really saw and faced whatever it was in front of us? And would it kind of turn into just like, this turned into, you know, me wanting to play with her, like, could some things that I fear facing, could they turn into something really beautiful and playful and fun? Whenever, you know, my brain tells me, oh, no, this is going to end bad, this is not going to be good, like, you should not do this. You know, I'm so curious about this kind of like, ability to move past the kind of animalistic natures that we have like this animalistic nature of like not wanting to get in trouble not wanting to feel suffering and so like turning from it I'm so curious about the process of not running from those things and really being with them and then going through them to something that potentially might be on the other side And sometimes I I can't do it all the time. Like I, you know, it's like it takes a lot to do it and I fail all the time and I'm, I am not able to do it a lot of the time. But when I can, when I can, you know, sit with whatever's going on, there does seem to be some reward on the other side. Even if the reward is just like, oh, I know myself a little bit better, you know, or... If the reward is, is like, ooh, okay, good thing. I'm not going to eat three pieces of pie. Two is enough. You know what I mean? Or um, like a little bit more awareness of like what my body can handle. Or, And I'm just so curious about that process. And just it seems like our mind thinks it knows what's going to happen. But how much of our life do we actually miss out on? Because we think we know what's going to happen. We assume that we know what's going to happen. Because we believe the first thought that arises in our head about what's going to happen. And instead, what if we, you know, allowed that part to be there. We can't really get rid of it. But notice it and then still feel into whatever's there. And maybe something potentially could be on the other side. Maybe something joyful or something connective or, you know, I think about fighting with somebody. It's like how much, how much of our time or our life do we spend trying to avoid conflict? And what if being in the face of conflict, whenever it's arising, just noticing it, being with it, what if that process actually... You know, like what if in walking through that fire, I'll call it a fire, walking through that discomfort, what if that is actually the access to what we're really wanting, which is probably connection, a sense of like belonging, 
you know, sometimes I think everyone's just like running from the actual thing. And we're all just distracting, trying to avoid the actual thing, which is the like, the fire that will burn us. But in the burning, we are also like renewed, like the phoenix, you know, like we can come out actually of that with something valuable. And I don't think this is for everyone. I'm not sure that everyone's path is to like face the fire of life you know like and I do kind of think it's it is one of my things here is I want to be willing to look all of that in the eye in the hopes that maybe I get a little bit closer to life you know get a little bit closer to learning how to really love somebody get a little bit closer to knowing myself a little bit more you know, get a little bit closer to knowing about human nature a little bit more. And, you know, I think it's fine to just turn away from suffering. And I am curious for myself, whenever it seems that whenever you get really close to something, you really get to know it, you that, I don't know, your relationship with the changes. So if when suffering arises, if I turn from it, and I kind of run from it, there is still this big scary monster back there, you know, but if I kind of pause and see it for what it is, okay, this is suffering, it's not a big monster, it's just suffering, turn toward it, get to know it, be curious about it, then like, the interesting thing is just like, then what does it become? You know, when you become really close to something, it changes. It changes how you see it. It changes what it means to you. It changes it. So I'm curious, like, what turning towards suffering changes it to. And I don't really know the answer. Um, I do have a feeling or an inkling that the more that we just get to know life and the the more that we're like aware and just, you know, in the presence of everything that could happen, everything that is happening, all of our emotions, all of our feelings, all the ways that we could get hurt, that we're in some way able to be with life in a more balanced way. You know, it's like... I've been heartbroken a few times in my life and now I just understand that it's heart, you know, it's heartbreak and I don't have to be so reactive to it. It doesn't have to like feel like it's ending my world. Now I can like (coughs) really feel it, sense it, begin to understand it. And also there's some, there's some beauty in that and thinking about like, wow, like this is what humans are doing humans are falling in and out of love all the time or they're like getting married getting divorced or they're you know like and this has been happening since the beginning of time we've been trying to get close to each other and there's something so beautiful and common about that and I don't know I think even like if it's not another person I think We really do like have a hard time getting close to things because to actually feel something 
is scary. To actually make yourself vulnerable enough to feel something from somebody is really scary. And I think it's scary because maybe it could be taken away from you at any time. Or, you know, maybe it could hurt you. Things, you know, that are close often hurt more. But what's on the other side of that hurt? Or in what way does hurt transform us? <coughs> I have a cough. <laughs> Obviously. Anybody listening is like, okay. <laughs> um, I'm just so curious about the transformation that can occur when we practice being with instead of fleeing from. And I wish I could say I had the courage to do it all the time because, you know, maybe that's what I'm working toward, but it's tough. And for me, it sometimes is tough because I'm not aware of things in the moment. I'm not exactly aware of how I'm feeling. I'm not exactly aware of how it's affecting me. You know, like, it's kind of like layered. It's like there has to be a level of awareness before being able to be aware of the harder things. It's like if we're not super aware, it's like that's where the reaction comes from potentially, which is just like, you know, just not knowing and just kind of being in that animalistic thing, the, you know, like something happens, reaction, stimulus, reaction, stimulus, reaction, stimulus, reaction. Um, I'm hungry, I will kill you, you know, like whatever it is. Um, I'm tired, I will sleep. <clears throat> and I actually think there's something really beautiful about just like living in that, I don't know, kind of simple type way of living. I think there's something really beautiful about that. And I kind of wish I could do that, but it's just not a part of my, it's not a part of my natural tendencies. It's not, you know, complexity is where I love to live. And that is not for everybody, for sure. And sometimes you even have to reel it in, like you, the proverbial you, me, I have to reel it in, you know, I have to be like, okay, you're overthinking. <laughs> this is like gone from contemplative, curious to rumination and you need to like pause and reel it back in. And usually I can tell the difference because I start feeling bad. You know, curiosity doesn't make me feel bad. Curiosity, there's like a level of um, awareness of like all things, you know, like the bigger view. And when I'm ruminating, it's like, oh, you've done this bad or oh, you're bad or oh, you're not good enough or, you know whatever flavor of the day. <sighs> I don't know about y'all, but I got lots of flavors. Um, and I love that, you know, something that I think is like unique about animals too, which maybe this is just like the being present is like they see something new and they can flip a switch really quickly. It's like they don't hold on to stuff like humans do. 
man, somebody will make us upset and we'll hang on to it forever. We'll die. Well, at our grave, you know, on our deathbed, we will still be upset about that thing that that person did. And that is fascinating to me. And maybe animals do do it, but, you know, and we're just unaware of it. But it seems like, you know, the second she saw the rubber band, she's like, oh, I'm not in trouble. <laughs> you know, it's just like automatic flip. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful quality when we are in our animalistic side. Like there is a way it's like you think you see a snake, you you react. And then once you realize you don't see a snake, your body calms down and you're happy again, you know. Um, and I think that if we could do that t- with each other, that would be really impactful. But even me, I have such a hard time with letting things go when people have hurt me. And it does eventually happen. But for me, it takes quite a bit of time. My mom has this personality that I kind of envy in some ways. She's like, she gets really angry and will say a bunch of stuff or will have a reaction and then she's over it. And then it's like literally like nothing happened. And I'm over there in the corner, like licking my wounds, you know, and she's like, oh, just acting like nothing happened. And I'm like, um, hello, (laughs) do you not remember 10 minutes ago, you know? Um, And there's something kind of beautiful about those personalities. Like, man, I wish I could just like let it go so easily. But she also has bigger wounds that are harder to let go. So you know, it's both. It's always both. There are certain things that I think I let go more easily than other people. And this is why it's important to have perspective. (laughs) Um, I don't know, I hope that you can begin to think about the ways that you run or fight or freeze when things get challenging. And just kind of thinking about what would it be like if I, even for five seconds, didn't run away so quickly and felt into it a little bit. Is there something else there? Like, is there really need to run away? Is this really a danger to me? If I sit with this or face it, could something beautiful happen? And I know when there's conflict, for me at least, when I actually allow myself to feel the discomfort of conflict. Usually what I have found is that right after the conflict, if it is done in a loving way, if two people, you know, or there's a conflict and they can like actually communicate about it, there's like a level of understanding on the other side. There's a level of care and love. There's a level of wow, okay, yeah, you know, that felt good, that felt good and honest and real. And now because we've been through that, I actually feel closer to you. And so I'm going to be over here trying to practice more and more to not run from those moments. And if you want to practice too, go for it. Um, if you don't ride on, um, okay, y'all it's been 24 minutes. It's about time to go. Um, thank you so much 
for being here. Until next time. Thank you.